everybody. So we'll go ahead and get started. So welcome everyone. To, this is our fourth session. So whether you thank you so much for joining us. Today's topic is automating your business. And we have a little bit of a different setup than we have in the past. We have a panel discussion today with representatives from BSoft Consulting, University of Louisville, and the AI Innovation Consortium. So before we begin, before we start, my name is Brianna Colder, and I'm the Corporate Project and Event Coordinator at BSoft. I've been here about three and a half years now, and I'm also the Virtual 30 Moderator. So if you're new, um, hello everyone, and you've usually seen me in the past weeks if you've joined before. So welcome everyone. We're glad to have you here today. And like I said, we have a panelist today. So we have Manoj, Jeff, and Conrad, and I will let them each introduce themselves individually if you guys want to say your name, your title, and a little blurb about yourself. So Manoj, you can start us off. Hello everyone. Uh, this is Manoj Ergwarpu. I'm the Managing Director on Vsoft Labs side. All right, and Jeff? Hi, uh, this is Jeff Guan, and um, I'm uh, a professor at the uh, University of Louisville, and I also am the Director for the Master of Science in Business Analytics. Glad to be with everybody today. And Conrad. Hi, everyone. Uh, Conrad Konarski. I chair the AI Innovation Consortium. And I'm glad as well to be with everyone. Looking forward to an exciting discussion. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone. And like I said, today's topic is automating your business. And with our panel discussion, we kind of hope to cover all the different areas such as apps, integration, AI for automation, RPA, the impact of automation on society and the value of automation as a whole. And just a quick note um, to our panelists, as a reminder, we have four questions I'll be asking you today and I'll be limiting the response time to about four to five minutes per question, just to be sure we leave time at the end for questions and answers from the audience. So with that said, our first question today is what is automation? And Manoj, I'll let you start this one off. Hi, um, thank you, Brianna, for, for hosting this series. And uh, jumping into the question, what is automation? Um, many have this perception that automation means it has to be something uh, really out of the world, um, more like your robots, your uh, uh, your artificial intelligence, or your machine learning, and, and so on and so forth. But automation can be as simple as you writing a simple equation in Excel and dragging for the other cells. Even that is automation. Anything that you do to take uh, a manual step or a process uh, that you're doing and uh, bringing some sort of automation through either digital means or uh, any other external source input is an automation. So you can write a simple mobile application or in a web application to gather data instead of manually doing on paper and paper pen. That's automation. Uh, you probably can integrate multiple systems so they can talk to each other and data can flow smoothly from one to another instead of you having to retype the data or re-enter the data or even upload the data from one to another, that's automation too. And then you have your classic uh, robotic process automation, which you might be hearing a lot these days, is uh, automating your repetitive tasks and your AI and machine learning and using IoT devices to capture data, all of them uh, come under the umbrella of automation, right? Uh, Conrad, do you want to extend on that? Sure. Uh, you know, 
I think automation, you, you covered the several key aspects to kind of the, the simplicity of automation and how it can look like. I think automation is, uh, depending on the lens in which you look at it, can be completely different, right? So automation can be robotics and automation of manufacturing processes. That's kind of traditionally how automation is seen in, in many uh, spheres. Automation can be an AI that does some transformation for you with respect to data. And automation can even be an AI that writes code for the developer. So there's a lot of both depth and girth to automation. And I think one of the important themes that we want to cover here is how that the meaning of automation, how it applies to different industries, different individuals within the industry. So we hope to cover that with the diversity of the questions and some of the Q&A afterwards. Maybe Jeff can uh, close us on this question. Jeff, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I think I agree with both of you uh, that uh, people oftentimes have these uh, exotic notion of what automation is. But uh, Manoj really uh, brought it home uh, by saying that even the Excel spreadsheet is an example of automation. I'm going to give you another example. Say, for example, at UVL, uh, just a few years ago, when I traveled, uh, I came back to seats and I would bring them to my secretary, and then uh, she would uh, uh, manually process them. Today, um, a lot of these processes has been automated. For example, the receipt electronic, they automatically fed into the accounting system, and the uh, the approval process is also automated. And so this directly affects all of us. And I just want to add that another huge uh, example of automation is analytics. So we're using it, sometimes we need no using it. To, to say, for example, to uh, to predict uh, a trend, uh, to uh, to all kinds of things that, that that help us make decisions. In other words, it becomes important input to decision making. Thank you. Hey, um, Jeff, your audio is sounding a little choppy. I don't know if maybe you try shutting your camera off and back on, or what's going on. Ah, uh, okay, all right. Well, you sound clear uh, now. <laughs> Oh, I'm clear now. I, I I'm sorry. I, um, <laughs> I I I'll try to move to maybe to another part of the room. You sound perfect right now, so I don't know what happened. Oh, okay. but if there's any anything left on this topic, I think we can move on to the next question. But I I heard some of your response though, so we were good. <laughs> so our next question here is how would automation affect um, my business or job? So Jeff, you can go ahead and start start that one if you'd like. I'll let you know if you have issues <laughs> with your okay. volume. All right. Um, so I, I'm, uh, I, I think I, uh, I'll uh, uh, give you my response first. So um, I, I don't know if you are aware, uh, published a very famous study in uh, a few years back, uh, just two or three years back saying that uh, uh, as a result of automation, globally, uh, from anywhere from um, uh, 7 million to 30 million jobs may be displaced. So it's affecting all of us. But at the same time, it's also creating new opportunities. So, so um, a lot of people are concerned about automation uh, taking away their jobs. And that's, that's going to be true. 
Uh, some people's jobs are going to be affected, but at the same time, new opportunities are going to be uh, created. And or to say the least, your roles, your job roles are going to be affected in that it may change. So, and uh, a key, I think, to, uh, uh, to uh, in this process is understanding how your job role is going to be affected. And uh, so to help yourself to successfully transition into these uh, uh, new automation age. Manoj, you want to add to it? No, I completely agree. So uh, we have seen we're bringing automation uh, really made a difference with respect to how you, an individual can focus on a little more interesting works, if I, for lack of better word, to put it differently. Um, more of, instead of the same person doing a repetitive task, that, that's neither exciting nor, nor interesting, automation takes care of those activities now, and the individual can focus on a little more fulfilling job. Um, and automation generally expedites and takes out that human errors that can take more time, resources, uh, and, and uh, repetition of testing and so on and so forth, thereby overall enhancing the efficiency. So it's good for everyone. Um, let it be uh, a company, let it be an industry, let it be uh, the economy in general or the sector in general, where that improvement in, or, or, or significant improvement in the efficiencies that you achieve by automation overall drives the productivity and, and benefit for everyone. Right? Conrad, any points on that? Sure, sure. So I was thinking of answering this uh, from two different perspectives. One is uh, from the perspective of the Innovation Consortium, you know, we do working with state, federal, and universities is to support not just the evolution of AI and indirectly uh, the evolution of automation, but also, for example, with uh, workforce development groups that are there to support uh, building up learning tracks so that they can work together with automation. They can train the AI, serve as the supervisory controller of the AI, for example, right? So there's, um, of course, automation will affect the job, but to both Jeff and, and Manoj's point, the the worker will adapt. And in fact, you know, the, the ultimate goal of a lot of AI automation technologies isn't necessarily to replace a worker, but to augment their capabilities, to be able to have more production. And then ultimately with more production, you know, that leads to more sales and, and potentially more need for more people to support the, the underlining demand for those, those products, right? So as an example, at the other, perspective I want to take is just from a personal perspective because you know I I'm not let's say domain expert across different verticals so it's hard for me to empathize truly with how automation affects other individuals but let's look you know internally and see how it affects me being in technology um, it helps dramatically to accelerate development and helps me day to day or just in my home with some of the smart home applications that I have. Um, and, and, and even in the workplace there's a variety of different chatbot tools that help me with self-service activities when I want to input information into uh, ServiceNow, which is a HR IT service platform. 
So there's personally a benefit for me to have these automation tools in place to help me do my job faster, better, and more efficiently. Awesome. Thank you all for answering that one. And we can go and move to the next one. Okay, what should I do to leverage advances in automation? And Conrad, you can, you can start that one off. Right, and I think here it's ultimately the lens in which you perceive uh, uh, automation and, and the role you have in your organization. I, I think uh, some groundwork that needs to be done is just simply exploring, um, for lack of a better word, low-hanging fruit areas where there is an immediate opportunity to leverage automation to either help with some inefficiency or otherwise to accelerate some process or to bring money to the organization or save money to the organization. Uh, typically, there's a structured approach you can take to doing those sort of activities, including process mappings, including uh, activities such as design thinking that can be structured ways of understanding where the automation technologies albeit they could be agnostic, they could be an Excel sheet or an AI algorithm, where those fit best and where they benefit the organization the most. So I think that's a really good starting point to take that journey uh, to leverage advanced automation technology. Uh, and I'll pass it to Jeff, um, maybe as the next panelist to just add to that. Or to uh, yeah, I, I, I think, um, um, Conrad has mentioned the word uh, organization a few times. And I want to um, uh, um, share with you a term that was created by two uh, Harvard professors, or MIT professors, excuse me. And the term is uh, HIPPO. It refers to the highest paid person's opinion. And I think it's a very appropriate term. And if you look around, and uh, oftentimes decision making in, a, in an organization is driven by the persons or persons have, uh, have the most seniority or in the highest position, and not say data driven. And so, one of the things that I think uh, we could do today is to is to cultivate a more data driven decision making culture in a business. And it's, it's actually uh, uh, more difficult uh, than most people think because it, it takes a lot of resources to, uh, for example, it starts with data collection, data integration, a lot of these issues uh, uh, that companies are not ready to jump uh, into. Um, so, so you really need to be prepared first. And then there are some low hanging fruits that I think uh, a business and also um jeff your audio uh, is a little choppy i don't know if oh. it was working at the fine of the good at the end of the last one but i don't know if you maybe moved and caused it to go okay. back maybe shutting your camera off would work i don't know yes all right and anyway i i'm 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 gonna pass on to uh, manoj here uh, let me let me see uh what what's uh what the problem is sure um and just building upon what 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 Conrad and Jeff mentioned, right? So what should I do? As in that that I is is important. Who is trying to uh, uh, trying to figure out that advances in automation? Let's say you are an an individual um, task 
executing person, right? Um, the best you can do uh, to automate the processes, figure out what tools that you can use that, that your organization provides to automate your uh, whatever you're doing. So as an individual, you can, you can document very well the process and the repetitive steps. That gives a very clear idea on, I'm spending this much time on doing these, 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 these things, right? So that gives a good idea, not just for someone who might help you, but also for yourself to understand how much of the process is manual and needs less human intervention. Uh, it could be as simple as uh, your Outlook Analytics, let's say. It's an amazing tool. You click on it, it, it quickly grabs you how much time you're spending on what meetings and, and uh, what is the regular weekly gap time that you have that you can use for your work, so on and so forth. It, it has uh, huge uh, benefits of using that particular simple tool, right? So it can be using a simple tool like that or just recording a macro or anything. As an individual, you have several tools that are available for just automating the regular work that, that you're doing, right? Now, when it comes to, let's say, at the manager level, now, the manager level, you can look at what are my processes? How much time is it taking for each process? And who is doing them? And what amount of it is manual? What is a recurring work that can be automated? So that process documentation and identifying is one side of it, like gathering end-to-end -end process, not just the individual's action, but end-to-end -end process, you can gather that. And as a manager, you know who is the right person to interact with. Let's say your IT department has, uh, has the right tools or technology beyond what, what you at your level can do. Or you can engage relevant parties, uh, bring in the stakeholders. Uh, and as a decision maker at a C-level person or something, you can look at an organization level, what are these? And then identify the consulting partners or different tools to, to do that uh, workshops or the design thinking workshops that Conrad was mentioning. So you can get to a level of what is the complete automation landscape or roadmap that you can do. So at each level, everyone can play a role in, in identifying how I can automate my task based on noting down what is the manual step that I'm doing today, right? Awesome, thank you, Manoj. And Conrad, I think we gotta move on to the next one, so. I was, well, I think we, I, I'm the one who started this one. Uh, but <laughs> oh, you are making your memory. Value stream, value stream, value stream. I mean, if you wanna do something on your own without really engaging into a deep process, there's some very simple tools that will give you an idea of where your inefficiencies lie. So if you wanna start at a point what you can do, where you can do it, that's probably um, a nice starting point for everyone. Perfect, and our last question here, how can automation help business continuity? So I think Jeff was gonna start with this, but I don't know where, if he's up and running with his audio, so whoever wants to take it from here, go for it. Sure, so um, nowadays this business continuity has become uh, not just a buzzword, but, but a, but a uh, keyword for survival. So everyone has to find some way in which they can they have to do more with less. For example, this particular webinar, if you can see, uh, uh, we're using this, this, this Zoom technology at this point and, and people have been adopting several others. So anything that you can do where I don't have to manually go to a location, you Brianna doesn't have to go book a room, um, arrange the AV settings, and all of these things that she used to do manually, 
now with a fraction of second, she can she can get a Zoom meeting up and running, and people know matter where they are, as long as they have good connectivity and a good good lighting condition, uh, they can sit there and 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 work, right? Even the manual, simple manual step of us having to create a decent work setup is now gone. You, you can choose a cool background, which you don't notice, but these are simple, simple automation steps that are making your life easy. I'm sitting where I am without having to worry what's in the background and still go ahead with just setting up my background in Zoom. So businesses can identify and automation can, can fit into any of, from, from a very small minor role of getting your employees to work from where they are, all the way up to identifying how I can run my, in, uh, uh, um, my invoices, how I can serve my customer service using, let's say, chatbots, right? So people, you don't have to bring everyone into one location and you can do it remotely. And, and you can automate your processes of uh, using an RPA and so on and so forth. So you, don't, you can accomplish more with just less people, right? So for business continuity at this point, automation is is literally a survival tactic. Agree, Conrad? Absolutely. Um, I'll say also, you know, I'm going to use another buzzword for everyone, but I think it, it has some very deep relevance. Is uh, in today's world with uh, pandemic response, social distancing, uh, the challenges that that uh, people when they go to work will encounter when it comes to kind of a new paradigm in operation. Uh, manufacturing or otherwise in the office, uh, adaptation through automation is one of the key things to sustaining business continuity. So, you know, we've talked about uh, through the consortium, we've done a lot of work as well in the labs and with some of the uh, founding members, the technologies that are grounded in AI that help with business continuity. So those are pieces of the puzzle uh, pieces of automation that allow, for example, for a manufacturing line to be able to operate where traditionally, you know, you had to have 50 people on the floor, uh, people within proximity. Part of the steps to allowing for the business to continue is to implement automation so that you can potentially not necessarily remove the person, but remove them from the floor into a control room or otherwise, you know, considering if they do get sick, God forbid that there is still the ability to contain the business and sustain the content, uh, the, the operation. Um, and there's also another pivot there, uh, which I'll just briefly cover is that there's business continuity can mean an automation task for supporting the activity at hand, or it can mean automation of health and safety protocols, computer vision to support contact tracing, all these other dimensions to automation that maybe traditionally we don't think of. So that is how from the lens of AI, automation can help business continuity. Awesome, and I see Jeff has been um, answering some of these. Yes, yes, I, uh, I, I was uh, um, interacting with the, uh, uh, the audience a little bit here. And uh, so um, I, I wasn't paying uh, as close uh, attention as I should have. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm pretty sure that uh, Manoj, knowing them uh, and Conrad, uh, they provided very sound advice. But um, to, uh, so, so I'm going to talk more to the, uh, speak to the questions that, that were raised in the Q&A session uh, online. And uh, first of all, um, I, I, um, I was talking about customer service automation. So one of the things that I think we could do is to um, 
uh, automate customer data collection so that you can collect a richer set of data. And once you have the data, then you can do wonders with, uh, with the data set. So for example, customer segmentation, customer profiling, uh, much more uh, closely monitoring customer behavior. And uh, so, so the beauty is that the, the tools and the methods that can be used to automate those processes, they're fairly well understood. They're fairly inexpensive to implement. Um, so so that's, that's one. Another uh, question that was um, uh, raised earlier was, um, where do we start? How do I get the ball rolling? And so, in my experience, I, I think it's very important uh, to, uh, to, to, to get a senior management investment. And without that, it, it's going to be very difficult, in my experience. And uh, so, uh, the culture of every business is different. And so, how we do that it really depends on uh, uh, the unique nature of the business. Uh, but the senior uh, uh, management uh, endorsement is important. And uh, I would also try to find a so-called low-hanging fruit, something that you can do to, to easily show or demonstrate uh, um, uh, success. And um, so, so, so those are some of the things that I think uh, one can do, depending on, again, uh, the, the, the size of the business, the nature of the business, and also uh, the, uh, the uh, IT readiness of the business. Awesome, and uh, like I said, he's kind of, Jeff kind of went through and answered aloud some of the questions that were put in the Q&A box, but if, Manoj and Conrad, if you have any final comments, we don't have any. I think there is one more comment that Avishik made here. There was a comment, yeah, someone wrote, right. more automation needs to happen in government systems so that people don't have to go to offices to do paperwork. Also remove red tapes. It wasn't a question, but if anyone wants to comment on it. Right, so it, it, it's, it's, it's an accurate observation there, uh, Abhishek. And, and uh, more than before, government, government and government entities have been adopting automation, especially considering the scenario we are in today. And, uh, what used to be a little more conservative response or um, uh, the security concerns that government had earlier and all, they're giving way for serving more people and adopting more of these automation tactics. So across the board, we have seen um, local governments using chatbots uh, because of the surge in number of queries they have been getting uh, related to COVID-19. And with the uh, understaffing that's going on across the board, uh, they're more uh, eager to adopt these kind of technologies. And they're also adopting, uh, uh, there is a surge in amount of RPA utilization in governments. Um, and several metro governments are now partnering with entities like VSoft and others um, to have ways to mitigate or comply with the social distancing norms um, uh, using your cameras, your temperature readings, and so on and so forth. So everyone can get back to uh, normal life as soon as possible. Awesome, and we are actually just about out of time. So thank you, panelists, so much for joining us today. I know you all have busy schedules. So Manoj, Jeff, and Conrad, thank you so much. Other than that, we though that is all we have for you today. So thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you, panelists. <laughs> thank you, Brianna.